Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, here in our text from Luke 1, Jesus, Mother Mary, moved by the Holy Spirit, breaks out in praise to God. And it's no wonder that she does this. As she herself acknowledges in verse 49, he who is mighty, that is God, has done great things for me. And that is undoubtedly true. Think about what God has done for Mary. He chose Mary to be the mother of our Savior. And this is the incarnate Son of God in her womb. This is astounding. This is phenomenal and is a great honor for Mary. And this is why Mary confesses in her song, for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And that certainly is true. Now, we may have the tendency to want to downplay this also because of uh, the, uh, how the Roman Catholic Church has uh, elevated Mary, but we don't need to, to downplay this. Mary has indeed been blessed by God. She gets to be the mother of Christ. What a privilege. But that being said, notice something else about Mary's song. She does not place the focus on herself, but she places the focus on God. And this is where Mary would want our focus to be too, not on her, but on God, who is our Savior, and as Mary confesses in her song, Mary's Savior too, just as much as our Savior. Read this song, you can see that she directs her eyes to God's greatness, to God's faithfulness, to God's covenant love and mercy. You can see in the psalm a double reference to God's mercy. There's verse 50, and it said, His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. There's also verses 54 to 55, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And the word mercy that Mary uses here was used in the Greek Old Testament to describe God's covenant love, his loyalty and faithfulness. It's the same concept you hear repeated in Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. God's covenant loyalty, his faithfulness to what he's promised. And in the last number of weeks, during the time of Advent, we've been studying God's promises to Abraham and their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And it's the steadfast love of God that causes God to fulfill those promises he made throughout history. And it's this same steadfast love and mercy of God that causes Mary to break out in praise to God. And one reason why this is the case is because this song here in our text and the events surrounding Jesus' birth here in Luke's gospel show that God is fulfilling his plan in Jesus Christ. Does so in many marvelous ways. 
One way this song and these events do this is by mirroring events from the Old Testament, particularly the book and the books of Samuel. We can see many similarities between them, between the beginning of Luke's gospel and especially for uh, Samuel. For instance, both Samuel and Luke begin in a context where there is a lack of prophetic word from the Lord. First Samuel 3 says that when Samuel was a boy, the word of the Lord was rare. There was no frequent vision in those days. The gospel of Luke, of course, happens hundreds of years after the last prophet in the Old Testament. But in the beginning of both Samuel and Luke, the Lord works to kickstart, to bring about his prophetic word again. Not only that, but both these books begin with barren women receiving children as a result of prayer. The answer to these prayers in both cases takes place at the tabernacle or temple. The woman in 1 Samuel is Hannah. The woman in Luke is Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah. There's more. Similar statements about growing boys are made near the beginning of both books. 1 Samuel 1 verse 26 says about Samuel, The boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. Well, listen to what Luke 2 says about the boy Jesus. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Almost an exact match. Near the beginning of both books, there's a message from God delivered in the tabernacle or temple. Samuel receives a message from God at night in the tabernacle. Zechariah the priest receives a message while offering incense in the temple. Both Samuel and John, John the Baptist, take on distinct aspects to show their dedication to the Lord. No razor will touch Samuel's head. John will never drink any strong drink. Both of these feature in the Nazarite vow and lifestyle. And of course, one of the greatest connections between the beginning of these two books are in the featured songs. You have the song of Hannah in 1 Samuel and the song of Mary in her text. Read them side by side. You can see so much overlap between them. The Holy Spirit inspired Mary to echo Hannah's song in many striking ways. And both songs especially emphasize how God exalts the poor and the humble and the lowly and how he brings down the proud and the rich and the powerful. And both songs are prophetic in that many of the statements made in these songs um, about what the Lord does, they're fulfilled later on in their respective books. And so seeing all this, we should ask a question, why are there so many similarities here? Why is the Holy Spirit showing us, what's he showing us by inspiring Luke to write his gospel in this way that mirrors especially 1 Samuel? Well, one reason is to show that God is doing a similar work in, in this gospel, in the time of Christ, as he did in Samuel's day, in that book. And if you read through Samuel, what is one of the great driving themes and storylines in those books? It's how God 
raised up David to be king over Israel. The king that God himself chose. A man after God's own heart. First and second Samuel all build towards the anointing. It features the troubles, the perseverance, the victories, and finally the enthronement of David as king. And one of the most important events in these books is God's covenant with David. How he promised David that he would set up one of his descendants on his throne, who would reign over David's house forever. And that's exactly what God promised Mary about her child in Luke chapter 1, just a few verses before our text. There we read how the angel Gabriel gave the message. Mary's son will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. God is showing us in the Gospel of Luke, mirroring Samuel, that he is going to raise up this promised Savior, this promised Son of David. That the time has come for God's promises to be fulfilled and they will be fulfilled in this person, Jesus Christ. And the son of Mary, Jesus, and who is also son of David, would sit on David's throne forever because of his perfect obedience to God. Read Mary's song. She can see she emphasizes how God has scattered the proud. He's brought down the mighty from their thrones. That's exactly what God did in uh, kings like King Herod in the time of the Gospels. On the other hand, God has exalted those of humble estate. That's especially true of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus did not hold on to his glory in heaven, but he came to this earth as a servant, as a servant king. He humbled himself into the point of dying on a cross in bitter shame. He was the man who was always after God's own heart. That's what makes him God's ideal king. Worthy to reign over the earth forever and ever. He humbly obeyed God no matter what the cost. Without any thought of his own gain for his own pride, out of complete love for God and God's people. And that's what we see also displayed in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper this morning. How Christ, the humble one, how he gave himself completely for us. Right? We see the broken bread, the wine poured out, symbols and signs of how Christ completely completely gave up his life for us, that we might be saved, to save us from our sins, to ransom us from the grave, so that we might be enthroned with Christ in heaven forever at God's right hand. And it's in this way, as Mary says, that God has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He's done it through Jesus Christ. This is how God fulfills his promises to Abraham, to us who believe. We've been looking at that over the last number of weeks, 
uh, promises such as who will inherit the earth, that's Christ and us in him. Promises about a great nation and a great kingdom, that's in Christ our king and us in him as those part of his kingdom. God's promises to Abraham are fulfilled in Christ and they are brought to us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We share in the fulfillment of those promises by faith. And so, beloved, let us walk by faith every day. Look at Mary here. As you, as you see this song, as you read also about her, uh, her life in Luke chapter 1 and 2, what kind of faith did she have? She trusted in God's word. That's one reason why she's blessed. She believed that God's word would be fulfilled for her. That's what Elizabeth says right before our text. She believed God's word would be fulfilled. She trusted God's promises in his word. She walked by faith. She trusted God will fulfill his promises made long ago to Abraham. She waited in faith for God to fulfill those promises. And what a glorious way he did in the life of Mary and will do to us who believe too. This is the same faith we live by. But we have one benefit. We have the rest of Scripture. We have these Gospels written down for us. We have the rest of the New Testament Scriptures that show us how wonderfully God has fulfilled His Word in Christ. And so we can read those Scriptures, see God's faithfulness, we can grow in faith and in trust all the more. And this also calls us to respond with Mary in praise to God, praising Him for His covenant love and mercy. For all of God's promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. We see in Christ the King who gave His life for us, who fulfilled the law, who's now enthroned in heaven to reign there forever. He's our Savior. He's our king. He's given us eternal life. So let us praise our God for his wonderful covenant, love, and mercy in Christ alone. Amen. Let us now respond to the preaching of God's word by singing uh, from the Song of Mary. Let's sing hymn 17, the stanzas 1, 3, 5, and 6.